Hey, welcome into Ball. He is ESPN's Tom Lugabell. I'm Ryan Brown. The show presented by MyBookie.ag. Don't forget code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus uh, with your initial deposit. Lugs, what is happening, man? How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing really, really good. I just feel like, and I feel like I say it every week with you, like, where is the season going? Ah, we we clamor and we wait for this for what seems like forever. And here we are in week six. I mean, you don't count bye weeks. That's half the season. I know. I know, man. I don't want to hear that, but you're absolutely right. I did, And I saw sad. today, uh, Yahoo Sports tweeted today that, um, and, and we record this on a Tuesday where Jacksonville yeah. State and, uh, and Middle Tennessee are about to play on a Wednesday night. This is the last day, this Tuesday, where we're recording this is the last day without college or pro football until the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So I love that. I am happy about that. But all that means is we're getting later in the season. Yeah, I got one of those next week, too. I've got App State and Coastal on Tuesday night. So I'm, oh, I'm pulling a double double dipper uh, next week, uh, driving up to Boone. So looking forward to that. But you're right, man. Any midweek games, give them to me, man. I'll take all of them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. This week, you have got Syracuse at North Carolina. 2.30 ESPN games, so uh, you get to sleep in your own bed a lot. That's a plus, yeah. right, when you got North Carolina? <laughs> well, listen, man, I it, it, again, you know my schedule. It's so hard if I have to stay overnight and do that radio yeah. show and then lose my entire Sunday. So very fortunate last week I was able to get back. Um, very fortunate to get back this week, even though it'll be in the evening. It's still a nice drive up there, about two and a half hours. So, yeah, glad to be home, sleep in the own bed, uh, being a great – have you ever been there? Dude, that's an awesome – to, awesome to college football atmosphere, yeah. To Chapel Hill, yeah. No, I've never been to a game there. In fact, I've never spent any time in the you know the Raleigh Chapel Hill Durham area there. Yeah, and I've always wanted to go. It sounds it sounds like a very nice area. So Dude, you're telling me a game day a game day at uh, Keenan is a pretty good day? Yeah, it can be a lot of it can be a lot of fun, especially yeah. when they're good. Um, the campus is gorgeous. Like it's it's ridiculous. So like. You look at that thing like, all right, basketball, basketball, basketball. But then right. when you have a game there, um, it's pretty cool, man. It, it yeah. really is. I have been to Boone, and where App State oh, is, and that is one awesome. of the most beautiful. That's one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. It's fantastic. The Boise State of the East Coast. That's what it I is. always say. It's it's, yeah. it's a great environment. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, we got a lot to talk about in this week. That's all. Well, not the Syracuse, North Carolina part, but the Boone part. <laughs> That's all next week. So let's talk about this week. MyBookie.ag code next round brings you the show. MyBookie.ag code next round. When you sign on and make that initial deposit, you get a special bonus when you use code next round at MyBookie.ag. All right. So Red River rivalry or shootout, depending on Just which call one. Just I will. Red I mean, River oh, shootout. We're going to get canceled now. Is that no, what no. Red River shootout. It's an SEC game now. We do whatever we want. Red River shootout. <laughs> and that's interesting, too, by the way. Brent Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, not going to the game. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, will be at the game. It's almost like uh, the Big 12 is, it's almost like the Big 12 just washed their hands and they're done. Yeah, well, that that's that's fine because no. right now, without those two programs, the Big 12 hasn't been looking too sharp. No, they have not. I mean, West Virginia, though they got blitzed by Penn State. Blitz yeah. maybe is an overstatement. They got beat pretty handily by Penn State. Sure. That's their only loss. So West Virginia has played okay. Kansas State has played okay. Their only loss is Missouri. Kansas' only loss is in conference to Texas. I don't know that you want to hang your hat on those schools, though. You want to hang your hat on Oklahoma and Texas. Yes. I did hear a stat about the Big 12 today. Uh, Brandon Marcella was on our show. Mm -hmm. And the new Big 12 schools – have one win so far. And that win 
is BYU beating Cincinnati. It was two new schools playing one another. And so the reason the new, why the that is, yeah. is because when you go from group of five to power five, it's a different animal. I'm yeah. sorry, it just is. People don't want to hear that. And all of those people out there that say, oh, well, we got to give the group of five schools a chance at a national championship. No, you don't. No, you don't. Like they can go 12 and 0, 11 and 1. They can do all that all you want. But when you start playing power five schools each and every week and you haven't, you're, you're developing the depth, you're bringing it along. You're going to have to recruit to it. You're going to have to use the transfer portal. Um, you'll eventually get there, but that's a steep, steep learning curve. Ask TCU and Utah uh, how it went for them in the first two to three years. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously very, very difficult. And then you look at, say, for instance, what Central Florida did. They're playing a not very good Baylor team. They're up 35 to 7. I yeah. wasn't really I wasn't really watching, but I'm gonna assume they lifted a little bit and realized I cannot lift against these teams. And Baylor comes back and wins 36-35. Embarrassing loss for Gus Malzahn in Central Florida. Yeah, it could have been a staple win for him too, but they yeah. just happened to be getting Baylor on the day they got Blake Shapen back. And that changes their entire football team because without him, they are non-functional on offense and they know it. And they were against Texas. So they just so happened to go on the road and listen, they get down, don't fold their tent, come roaring back. And now maybe that team gets some confidence and you see where, where they go. But yeah, that could have been a marquee win because I think athletically of all the teams that have come into the big 12, you probably look at UCF and maybe being a slight cut above, maybe the, the easiest transition athletically but uh, even still for them over the course of 12 13 weeks man when right. you're when you're not when you're playing power five schools each and every week it's going to take its toll i i feel like you know when i look at america and look at every team i i feel like it's hard to get a grasp on anybody i think yeah. i think i've got a grasp on texas i think i've seen enough of texas to know pretty much who they are mm -hmm. but i don't feel the same way about oklahoma coming into this game this oklahoma team you know, they've had road trips to Tulsa and Cincinnati. They yeah. played a lot Arkansas of Arkansas State's been awful. Yeah, Arkansas State's just terrible. They played a lot of blah at home. So I, I just, I don't, this Oklahoma team, I just don't know what I'm getting in this game Saturday. Well, I think what we can acknowledge, if we're going to compare it to the first five or six weeks of last year, is vast improvement. Yeah. Because remember, this was a team that took the field and threw up all over themselves for the first five, six, seven weeks. Remember, they couldn't stop anybody on defense. They looked like USC on defense. Um, they were uh, a, 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 just a work in progress, couldn't run the football, weren't very good in the offensive line. New coaching staff, new system, new quarterback, didn't have a lot of targets out wide. And I think Brent Venables has done a great job, not only in high school recruiting, but in the transfer portal. And now they look like a functional, secure unit that's got some confidence, that can execute. Um, defensively they've been an entirely different team now they've given up some explosive plays but they've also made a ton of danny stutzman is going to be a stud jaron canick the other linebacker is going to be a stud their freshman safety peyton bowen total difference maker got a couple of young defensive linemen uh in the fold too so they're just getting started in my opinion of getting back to what brent venables wants to see oklahoma become on defense but to me this is the x factor of the entire thing can Oklahoma handle Texas up front? And when I say that, Oklahoma being on offense, Texas being on defense. That's that's an entirely different animal of who they've been taking on to this point. They haven't gotten off schedule, right? They haven't gotten behind the chains. They haven't had a lot of negative plays. Texas can create all of that and more for you in one drive. Yeah. So 
I, that's going to be the thing I'm going to be really looking forward to. Does do, do you get Dylan Gabriel off his platform? Do they seem out of sorts because they can't protect consistently or they don't get ahead of the change because they can't run it on first down? You know, those types of things have yet to reveal themselves with Oklahoma. And we know what we've seen from Texas to this point in terms of being able to do that to everybody they've played. Yeah, I mean, Texas, true or false, Texas faced a better quarterback. Granted, it was at home, but a better quarterback last week in Jaden Daniels. Or Jalen Daniels, excuse me. Jay well, they Daniels. didn't remember because he was hurt. Oh, that's so they right. had to play with B. They had to play with Jason. Yeah, they, he didn't Jason play B. bad. Okay, so take that question yeah. off the table. He did not yeah. play bad, though. Yeah. No, he didn't play terrible, but he's not Jalen Daniels. That that, no. that game's a, a lot different if Jalen Daniels is is in the in the ball game. I'm not saying Kansas wins it, but yeah, uh, would have been far more competitive. But again, to the credit of the Texas Longhorns, this is a team two years ago that if they would have found out in pregame warmups that the other quarterback on the other team ain't playing. They would have put their skates on and thought they were going to go on cruise control through that thing. Instead, yeah. this team said, oh, the chums in the water, we're going to start circling. And that's exactly what they did. The winner of this game, the winner of Texas-Oklahoma, is the Big 12's one hope for a national championship for a playoff contender. They, there's not another team in the Big 12 that you look at and say, hey, that team right there could be in the playoffs. Being that these two teams are exiting, I don't know how the Big 12 office feels about that. Like, you know, we mentioned Brent Yormark's not going to the game. I don't know that he's exactly pulling for Texas or Oklahoma to make the playoffs, but it's the truth. The winner of this game is the one team that's got the chance from that conference to represent them in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you, Brent Yormark is not rooting for either one of these two teams. If he's not even going to go to the game, he's certainly not rooting for his, his current conference members. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a defining moment for both programs. Um you know, again, I think we have to have that discussion about trust down the stretch. Let's just say Texas wins this one and they get another big one. So now they've got two conference wins, three conference wins and a win versus Alabama. Are we are we to the point now where we trust them to close the deal? You know, I think we're getting there. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. And then if Oklahoma were to win this game, they're beatable the rest of the way. I, I still think that somebody could beat them in, in, in the conference. And uh, because I think that the the talent would be more leveled off than it's going to be when Texas takes a field against just, I think Texas taking the field this week is the better team, probably in all three phases. That being said, Oklahoma's vastly improved. So I think it'll be a much more competitive game. But if you were to ask me who would be at risk of dropping one after this game, um, I think it would probably be Oklahoma. So if I'm Greg Sankey, and I imagine he will leave Dallas and head right to college station for the two thirty Alabama, Texas a and <laughs> The, uh, the analytics tell you that this is a bad matchup for Alabama. AM gets after the quarterback as well or better than anybody in America. And Alabama protects the quarterback about as poorly as any major team in America. Just that matchup right there is super concerning for Alabama fans. I think it's super concerning, but maybe what's more concerning is AM is is capable of forcing you into passing situations because nobody can run the football on them. Yeah. And, I mean, you go back to that Miami game. Miami scored 48 points. They didn't do it on the ground. They did it through the air, and they did it in the kicking game. This may be one of these, game, this, these games where we're going to force the quarterback to throw the ball to beat us. You're on the road. It's not the strength of the offense. We feel that we are good enough up front um, really to stop the run with our front four. Forget about, you know, having to load the box with an extra defender. Yeah. Now, they may do that some because they've got to be very conscientious of quarterback run. 
So it may be somewhat of a heavy box, but I wouldn't be surprised one bit if we see uh, Coach Durkin just say, guys, corners, I'm putting you out there all by yourself. And I might leave a single safety. Everybody else is going to be in the box. And if we're going to lose this thing, that guy wearing number four has to beat us, not with his legs, but with his arm. So here we go. And, and I would be willing to, to bet we are going to see a lot of that and force Jalen Milrow to prove his worth in that area of the game. I'm curious if you have seen what I think I have seen. You watch the game differently than I do. But it seems like Tommy Reese has figured out a little bit better how to call this offense. Like, totally oh, Yeah, but between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Lugs, it looks like he realizes, okay, we don't do this well, so let's stay away from this. Here's the 15, 20, 25, 30, whatever it is, things we can do. I'm going to call it from those. And it, and it feels yeah. like that's what Reese has done over the last two weeks. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that. They've really kind of started to mold the offense. And we talked about this for weeks around his strengths, doing everything mm-hmm. they can to mask the weaknesses or slowly bring them along. Um, you know, I felt against Mississippi State, while the numbers say he was efficient, there were some plays in the passing game where there were open people and he doesn't see them. Yeah. And he's able to get out of trouble athletically. And, and I think that's a, a point where eventually they're going to have to get him to say, hey, listen, man, you go from here to here, and that ball's either got to be out or you take, you take off. But if it is out and the guy's open, you got to hit him. you know, you got you to make the play. And so uh, – and that may be this week. Uh, again, I, you know, with, with him in the passing game right now, I think it's a maximum two-progression read, take off and run. Yeah. They, he's not at the level where they can have him go from one side of the field to the other, hit the check down, right? It's either a half field read and it's one, two, take off, or it's one, two, three, and it's all one side of the field, right? So it's a triangle pro- progression. What I mean by that is if, if you had a guy over the middle of the field and you had a guy running a corner and then you had the guy swing out the flat, and if you drew a, a straight line and connected them all, you'd have a triangle. So, you know, it's those types of things that, to oversimplify the progression. Don't force them to scan right and left and field side to sideline to sideline. Um, and they're getting to more of that. I, I, I mean, I thought, you know, being 10 to 12, that's hard to be 10 to 12. Especially it's hard to be 10 to 12 on the road. I know Mississippi State's not very good, but the environment's tough. And so, you know, let, let's see what they do now. They go to College Station because here's the thing. College State, those guys can score. Yeah. Like, that, that, that they've got the best – there could not have been a scenario with a backup quarterback that was better – suited for Texas A&M, you're going to have your starter go down, right? They know exactly who he is, what he brings. They're going to coach him up. He's playing confidently. He knows they can run the ball. They create explosive plays. It's clearly Bobby Petrino's offense. I mean, you got to give Jimbo credit uh, in that regard. Like, he can't tackle when he gets on the field, but he can be the head coach and let the offensive coordinator uh, call the offense and run it. And and I think he's done a really good job of that, and so is Bobby Petrino. So A&M's pretty good, man. Like, I'd venture to say the winner of this one could win the West. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have the inside track um, yeah. with everything else that has happened in the West. We'll get to one of those West teams next with LSU at Missouri. MyBookie.ag brings you ball. MyBookie.ag code next round to get that sign-on bonus. You make your initial deposit. They match that uh, bonus with the sign or that deposit with the sign-on bonus that you can use right away. You win once with it. You keep it forever. It is yours and yours forever at mybookie.ag. That is when you use code next round. mybookie.ag, code next round. Also, lanceslock.com. Lance has been red hot. He's up, I think I heard, 13 units in football. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah, it's nuts. He's been killing it. I know. I know. He's he's seeing it clearly in college in the NFL right now. Major League postseason underway. He's really good in that, too. So uh, Lance'sLock.com, single-day packages, um, daily package, uh, single-day packages, weekly packages, monthly packages, full season, all right there at Lance'sLock.com. That is Lance'sLock.com and MyBookie.ag, code next round. A uh, embarrassing defensive performance by LSU. They go to uh, Ole Miss, who hasn't really been able to consistently run the football. They run for 300 plus, throw for 300 plus, 700 total uh, plus total yards in a loss that LSU's defense gives up. And now you got to go on the road to Missouri to take on probably the best receiver in the conference, maybe the best receiver oh, yeah. in the country, and Luther Burden. They couldn't guard anybody in Oxford. How are they going to guard Luther Burden? Well, not and not only that, um, the quarterback hasn't turned the ball over. He's thrown yeah. eleven. Brady Cook's thrown eleven touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah. He's been yeah. unbelievably efficient. And you're right, Luther Burden is a problem. That team, listen, have they played great people? No. Did they beat Kansas State? Yeah. Did they beat a pretty decent Memphis team? Yes. Um, you know, I they're the ones coming in with confidence. And now it, it's like, all right, LSU, how do you respond? It's kind of like Clemson last week after really outplaying Florida State and then had to play on the road at Syracuse against the yeah. 4-0 Syracuse team, what are you going to do? Like, what are you made of? I think that's the question you've got to ask about LSU because, you know, LSU clearly offensively is capable of getting in a scoring race. In fact, that might be the only way they're going to consistently win games this year is if they are, are in a track meet. Well, guess what? Missouri can play that game too. And um, and Missouri can run the football pretty, pretty effectively. Uh, it, you know, you you look at that Ole Miss in in LSU game. First of all, Ole Miss is an entirely different team at home, an entirely different team. Yeah, yeah. They struggled and very easily could have lost to Tulane. Obviously, struggled mightily in, on the road in Tuscaloosa. But when you consider Quinshaw Judkins being back to full strength, and then they got Trey Harris back, completely changed the complexion of the offense. It looked like a, a, a completely different unit, and. If they have the full complement of those guys, they're going to be in every game they play because they can outscore people. They don't have to be elite on defense. They have to be competent. They have to be functional. They have to get off the field, you know, a few times a game on third down. And so um, I was really impressed with them at full health. They're a different football team. But again, they're going to end up having to go on the road and play Georgia down the road. And they're not the same team on the road. So I'm withholding judgment on Ole Miss right now. And listen, the meat of the schedule for Missouri is coming. It starts yeah. this week. It starts this week. But if you look at that schedule, they are light, unless they get injured or something happens, I think they're an eight-win, potentially nine-win team if you look at the schedule. With yeah. what we've seen out of Tennessee, yeah. with what we've seen out of South Carolina, all right, um, obviously they've already played Vanderbilt. But they, they've got a chance. They really do. We'll talk about USC's defense in a little bit. So I'm going to save my LSU defensive question. I'm going to group it together with USC's defense. I, I, I do want to mention, though, Auburn and Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I if, if I had told you that Auburn really couldn't complete any passes, they were just going to be almost a service academy offense and just run the ball the whole time. It was a great plan, by the way. I mean, it really, it really, was. It really was. But going into it, if I told you that, you're like, I don't know if this could be a one-score game. And, in fact, it was. Well, yeah, it, it was. But actually, I think Auburn's pretty decent on defense. Like, oh, yeah, I, they are. I, yeah, they are. I think they're, they're a pretty good football team on defense. Yep. And Jalen um, Simpson, Jalen Simpson's elite. Uh, in oh, cover. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He He's a playmaker. 
Yeah. You know, I, I look at George and I, and I've, I've, I've gone over this so many different ways in my mind. Number one, Kirby smart is 100% correct when he acknowledges how hard it is to win on the road, but particularly at that place, that place. Yep. That place is tough. In in yeah. my broadcasting of the last 19 years at this company, I would put it in my top three, especially yeah. at night. It's yeah. that hard to win there. So, um, so we have to respect and appreciate how hard it is to win. And his team found a way to do that. The other thing with Georgia we have to respect and appreciate is it may not be pretty, but they do find ways to win. They do find ways to go from the first quarter to the fourth quarter and be the better team at the end of the game, right? And listen, they've got a huge bullseye on their back. Everybody's constantly bitching about the schedule. Well, they still got to go out and play the games. Like they're, they're, they're the hunted. They're going to get everybody's best, right? So they're breaking in a new quarterback. I don't think they have a lot of difference makers out wide. But, I mean, Brock Bowers is a Heisman guy. Yeah. I, he, he's, a, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. If the label on the Heisman Trophy is the most outstanding player, like it's hard to find areas of his game that are not outstanding. The problem is that somebody is going to come up with a way to really start to limit just how much they're going to allow him to do. So then it's going to go on to the quarterback and it's going to, going to go on to Mike Bobo. If, if we keep forcing the issue with this guy, eventually we're going to throw a turnover. Uh, eventually, if we overload him, he might get dinged up. They have to come up with some other yeah. answers. I think it's good that Lad McConkey uh, got back. But they just – and I can't believe I'm saying this about Georgia. They're just not an offensive skill team that you look at and you go, wow, I'm really like, – like, can you imagine if that team had Ole Miss's weapons? Like, it was like, holy smokes, yeah. right? And, and again, Carson Beck – I actually thought he really grew up in that game. I mean, you go on the road in that environment, you're down. Um, he could have panicked. He could have, he could have, you know, gone in the tank. He didn't. He Some of those throws were a bit risky to Brock Bowers. But as I told Jim earlier in the week, the problem is when he's covered, he's not covered. I know. He's not. He's not covered. And, and I guess Ron Roberts, the defensive coordinator, might have told Gary Danielson this before the game on CBS. But Gary said early – with Brock Bowers, if he's attached to the line of scrimmage, they're going to play him like a tight end, Auburn's defense is. If he's if he's out wide, they're going to treat yeah. him like a wide receiver. And for a little bit, I thought that worked. I mean, Bowers wasn't a huge part of the game, but but Beck learned very, very quickly, when I'm in trouble, I'm trying to find number 19. That's my guy. I'm going to get it to 19. And, buddy, yeah. that one drive, he took the game over. He did take the game over, and the guy just made some spectacular plays. And then the one was called back on a penalty, but – yeah, um, I, I I actually kind of like the riverboat gambler mentality of, of Carson Beck. Like there was no hesitation. Like there, there, he was not indecisive. It was I'm going to let it rip and throw this ball to this dude because I know he's going to make a play for us. But again, the longer the season goes on, more plans people have for Brock Bowers. How they're going to treat him? Are they going to bracket him? Are they going to double him? Are they going to jam him off the line of scrimmage to maybe try to get him rerouted and get the quarterback to hold on to the ball a little bit longer? Where are the other areas that Georgia can compensate, right? What what does Carson Beck then do as he grows and he gets more mature and he sees more, he's going to be more comfortable going in progressions and and, and finding other guys. But those other guys got to emerge and help him too. I mean, it essentially takes a linebacker with safety cover skills, right? I mean, that's what you got to have for him? Yeah, a, a linebacker with safety cover skills or a long safety. Yeah, like a, a guy safety, that's a safety tall linebacker and, size, basically. Yeah. yeah, like the Isaiah Simmons of the world. Those yeah. types of guys, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, long arms, where they shut down real estate around that player, right? The window to throw the ball in is not 
And if it's a jump ball, now you have somebody that can compete with yeah. it. But not everybody's playing with those dudes. I mean, those guys aren't necessarily easy to find. That's true. Everybody would have one if they were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is ESPN's Tom Lukeville. We go to a uh, Big Ten game featuring a state with a very busy flag. There's your hint. Uh, MyBookie.ag brings you ball. MyBookie.ag. Don't forget, code next round. When you make that deposit, uh, you get a special bonus there from MyBookie.ag. If you use code next round, that is free money to you. You use it right away. You win, and you keep it forever. You don't have to win it like 10 or 15 times to make it yours. It is yours right away. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Also, don't forget to order Roback Clothing. They've got the golf shirts, the quarter zips, those soft pullover hoodies. You can get it all at Roback.com. Code TNR20 at checkout to save 20% on your initial order at Roback.com. Uh, I don't know if you're a big state flag guy. Like, I don't know how many you could identify. What would be your guess just based on site that you could associate with a given state out of 50? How many do you think I could look at and tell you which state it's associated with? Oh, I could probably do quite a few of them. Like, okay. Like, I, mean, I feel like I, I could do quite a few of them. As much as you travel, you see a lot of state yeah, flags, the ONN zones of things. Maryland is one, though, you know right away, right? I mean, you look at the Maryland flag. It looks like it looks like they combined, which I think they did, like four different flags into one. Well, that and it also – doesn't it, look like, remind you of, like, a car racing type of thing? A little because bit. they got, like, the bit. checkered flag yep. and this and It's like, you're a turtle. You're the slowest yeah, animal on the planet. It's weird. Yep. It, it, it's odd. And But I will say this. To have such a convoluted flag with so many different elements to it, Right. They've done an unbelievable job incorporating it into the uniform. I know, I know. they do. <laughs> they, they embrace it. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, they take it on the road to the horseshoe to take on Ohio State. That is part of a good early window, by the way. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, the Red River shootout on ABC, Maryland, Ohio State on Fox, LSU, Missouri on ESPN. Talia Tungavloa has played really good football. In fact, he leads the Big Ten in passing as it pertains to yards per game. Yeah. Um, but I think it's safe to say he hasn't been quite tested like he will be no. Saturday in Columbus. Uh, no, nowhere even close. I mean, what are they? Townsend, Charlotte, Virginia yeah, been, uh, hasn't won a game they, yet. They played, um, they played at NC State, right, uh, or, like, over the weekend. Am I right about who, that? Who's that? Maryland? No, that was Louisville. That was Louisville. No, that played Louisville played, yeah. Yeah, Louisville yeah, yeah. Played yeah. NC State. Yeah, so, so he, hasn't, he hasn't been really tested. Talia Tungavaloa has not. No, and, and I think, listen, I think they've got good players, especially mm-hmm. at the skill position spots out wide. They've been able to fairly effectively run the football, but kind of like what we said about Oklahoma is going to apply here to Maryland um, because Ohio State on defense is a different animal, and the strength of their defense is their front seven. I, I just always get the feeling that this is the game that Maryland never rises to the occasion to. Yeah. I right. Agree. Yeah. How you, you've got to make steps and you've got to stack, you know, positives on top of positives, but they, they don't play well in these games. They play really well against poor teams and they play good enough to beat mediocre teams, but they don't rise to the occasion in this type of game. And listen, you we're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, right? So Ohio State's just coming off of a bye. We know yeah. how emotional that road win was against Notre Dame. Like, does Ryan Day have his guys ready to play? Is is this a team that that's a launching point in South Bend for special things uh, to come? Uh, they've got the players to do it. I, I still think, you know, Kyle McCord, I thought, like I said about Carson Beck at, at Auburn, I thought Car- 
you know, Kyle McCord grew up some too on the road at, at, uh, at Notre Dame. And, and keep in mind, what we've just said about Maryland, we were saying about both Notre Dame and Ohio State going into yeah. that game. Yeah. Neither of them really knew how good they were. They just knew they were better than everybody they play. And then, of course, they play each other, and it's a really low-scoring, bloody-your-nose dogfight between real, two really, really good teams. So we know more about Ohio State. To your point about what you said about many teams across college football, what do we know about Maryland? Not much. I mean, I, I, yeah. I know I think they've got a, a talented quarterback. Yep. Um, they got a talented quarterback that doesn't have the weapons around him that a uh that a Kyle McCord does, obviously. No, I mean not that's those a, nobody nobody's got those kind of receivers, right? I mean, if you no. give if you drop if you take Kyle McCord away from Ohio State and put Talia Tungavaloa, Talia Tungavaloa would be in the Heisman discussion with Caleb Williams and Michael Pence. Yeah. I, think. I think he's that good, sure. but but he just yeah. he's not throwing. He's not throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. and he's not throwing to the the, the receivers like that. Ibuka, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. He's not. And but I do think that Mike Loxley's done a really good job with that thing. Um, I, the, the challenge is and always will be. It's a really highly dent, uh, densely recruitable area for all of their competitors. Right. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and so how do you keep those kids at home? You know what? Now they just Maryland just. Uh, finished one of the most state-of-the-art football operations facilities in the country that was long overdue, an in indoor facility that was long overdue. So they've made the investment. They are upgrading. I think Mike Loxley has been recruiting towards that. But, you know, to really take that next step and beat a Penn State and, you know, beat an Ohio State or, or be in the game with Michigan each and every week or what, whether it's Wisconsin, who's really good one year, like you're going to have to stop those teams from coming into Maryland and the D DMV and taking your best players. They've got to stay at home. Yeah, you mentioned Michigan. You know, I've I've talked a lot about this on our on the next round on our show. They're just not going to be tested until November 11th when they play Penn State. It's just, I mean, yeah. like they got Minnesota this week, but there is going to be that game where it's just not clicking for them. I don't know who it will be. It's not going to be opponent related. I don't think. I think it's going to be Michigan related when they just don't click. I am yeah. interested to see how they react to that when it's just not going well and. You know, I would relate it to like Georgia at Missouri last year. Georgia goes to Columbia. You think Georgia's going to win that game by four touchdowns? Yeah. You know, they're they're in a dogfight to the end. It just it's that's the way football works. So I am curious. I, maybe it is this week against Minnesota because I, I again I really don't think it's opponent related. It's just going to be that day Michigan's not clicking before they get to Penn State. I will be interested to see how they react to that. Yeah, because you know the Big Ten outside of those three schools is so down, far more yeah. down than people thought it was going to be. The one team that's playing their tails off right now is Northwestern. I know. Uh, go, fi go figure. I know. Right? Don't even so, have a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I know that guy's done a great job. Um, but I'm I'm with you on Michigan, and let's not forget, you know, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, JJ McCarthy threw three bad interceptions. Yep. Last week, he threw a touchdown in triple coverage that the guy makes a spectacular play. You don't make that throw. So they've gotten away with a few things against teams that you can get away with it against. Right. And that's, you know, like you said, it may not be opponent-driven, but what if somebody goes out there and just plays lights out? Like we always talk about, how do you beat somebody that outmans you? You got to play your best game, and they got to help you. Well, Michigan's shown they're willing to help some people stay in the game. The problem is the opponent's just a non-factor, and it may continue to be. So I here's the thing about Michigan, though, that like they're – they're a bit of a throwback, man. They are so physical and they yeah. are so tough. And you're going to have to earn every single inch. Um, they know exactly who they are. Um, 
I, I respect him in that regard because the game has gone a bit of a different direction. Not to say yeah. that teams that are running the spread are soft. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like they, they look now like Alabama look in like 08, 09, yep. Yep. and 10. That's yep. what they are, right? And they're not apologizing for it. But no. when you play teams who have de- devised their defense, both personnel and scheme-wise, around having to play the spread all the time, and then somebody puts you in a phone booth, a phone booth you will, your undersized outside linebacker is in trouble. Your short corners are in trouble. Your short nickels in trouble. Like, it's, it's hard because you don't stack up beef-wise. But you don't see so many of those teams anymore, which is what makes Michigan a bit unique. And Stamp, Stanford was like this, too, under Jim Harbaugh. They were doing the exact same thing to people. Everybody's trying to figure out how to defend Oregon, and they're getting smaller and faster. Stanford would line up and do exactly what Michigan does and just run it right down at you. It's hard to defend. Yeah. Um so last week they played Nebraska, and for Matt Rule, I, I remember in 2003, Mike Shula was in his first year at Alabama, and LSU was on their way to winning the national championship. They come mm-hmm. to Tuscaloosa. It was a night game ESPN. As memory serves, the final was 27-3. to Nick Saban called the dogs off. They could have scored 50 that night if he had wanted to in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was so outmatched, and one of the most outmatched games I've ever seen Alabama play. Mm-hmm. And Mike Shula told several people close to him after that game, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do it, but we're we got to be that team. I mean, it was, it was Mike Shula saying, okay, this is who we've got to be if we're gonna compete in the SEC. We got to yeah. have. I just remember Skylar Green, if you remember him, sure, one of the players on that team, and you know, he was just different than anything Alabama had. If you're Matt Rule, that was your moment Saturday. You you stood on that other sideline and said, I don't know how we're gonna do it or if we're gonna be able to do it, but that's the team we're gonna have to become, and it's. There's, there was a big gap for Alabama LSU, and there's a huge gap for Nebraska and Michigan right now. Oh, big time. And, and again, a lot of it has to do, and I've said this a hundred times, and uh, it has to do with proximity of university. Mm-hmm. If you took that university and its resources and picked it up and plopped it down into Tupelo, Mississippi, yep. right? You would have one of the biggest college football dynasties they already are, but it would still be going on is, is, is my point. Yeah. The challenges now and the transfer portal, I think, could maybe close the gap here for them. But the challenges are still going to remain at the high school level. How do you get kids that are good enough to play for Michigan or play for Ohio State or play for Texas A&M or Alabama and stop them from going there? Yeah. Like, or how do you – and then that's saying you have one. I mean, you, you're bordering on Wyoming. Colorado, South Dakota, Kansas, Iowa, Missouri. I mean, yeah. there's no players. You yeah. have to go six, 700 yards sometimes. Yep. And then how are you supposed to get them on campus as freshmen and sophomores and come to your camp? Because they're going to have to pay their own way, right? So how how do you do it is the question that nobody's been able to come up with an answer to. And, and that's the challenge of that program right now. And Michigan can utilize the, the Midwest – but they're a national recruiter. They're in Georgia. They're in Florida. They're, you know, they're, they're in California. They're in Texas. They, they've really done a nice job in that area. But for Nebraska, it's become much, much more difficult. You know, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who does a show with us here at DJ Football, yeah. uh, he, he, he made the point last week that he said, do you know the college team that has the most NFL sacks this year? And I thought for a second, he said, it's Michigan. 
He goes Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, is up there. It's what he pay. Rashawn Gary. Um, he said, you know, for years it was the Bosa's and Chase Young at Ohio State. And he yeah. said, I would maintain to you that's how Michigan closed that gap is that Jim Absolutely. Harbaugh became dedicated to recruiting the defensive front. It's it's the one common denominator that connects every championship level football team, um, especially at the college ranks. But it's why Oklahoma couldn't win a college football playoff game. Yep. All right. It's why SC will probably never win a college football playoff game. I don't care how good that offense is, but there's a reason why the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Georgias and the Alabamas and the LSUs and Auburn at time, uh, Texas right now. I mean, that's exactly what Sark's done. Sark is like, <laughs> we have no shot at competing unless we start yeah. going and getting some of these dudes. And that's exactly what they've done. But again, when you're at Texas versus Nebraska, your proximity to those people is your advantage. And they have it. Nebraska doesn't. He is ESPN's Tom Luganbill. We'll talk about some teams that are struggling on defense, primarily USC, in just one second. Don't forget Luganbill uh, Ball with Tom Luganbill is presented each week by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag. To get that bonus, you make an initial deposit. They give you a special bonus when you use code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. That is mybookie.ag, code next round. Looking for games to play there. Lance'sLock.com is the place to go. Lance is tearing it up in football. Baseball postseason is starting now. He'll be hot in that as well. You can get on board if you just want to sample it with a single-day package, maybe a week package, monthly packages, year-long packages right there at Lance'sLock.com, up like 12 or 13 units in football season. So uh, he's getting it done right there at Lance'sLock.com. You take all those games over to mybookie.ag and use code next round. All right, I thought, Luganville, that Saturday against Colorado, let's see about USC's defense. And then they baited me in thinking maybe they were better than I thought. And then once the snowball no. started rolling, they had no answers. <laughs> they are the most undisciplined, unsound football team. Go back and watch that film and look at how many plays start with two consecutive gaps on defense unmanned. Right. Like, which is, that's which rule is the cardinal sin. One. Yes, cardinal sin. Yep. Rule number one, you never leave two consecutive gaps. I'm almost to the point now where I feel like it's part of their scheme because it's <laughs> happening so often. Like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it just it blows. They have good enough athletes, right? And all they have to do is be mediocre with that offense. That's all they got to do. All right. And they can't function. That game, when it was 34 to 7, I thought the same thing you did. I was yep. like, okay, maybe Colorado will fold their tent and and maybe this is a maybe this is an opportunity for SC to take a step forward. Cause that thing looked like it was gonna be 70 to 7, right? And I watched that thing unfold and I I you can't believe what you're seeing. And I don't understand, and I have so much respect for Lincoln Riley as a play caller and That's an fantastic. offensive yep. mind. Yep. It's unbelievable. I don't see why he has such a blind spot for this area of the game. And let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if they're the third or fourth best team in, in the in the Pac-12. There could be multiple teams in that league that have double that have that two, have two losses. But yeah, right yeah. now, like right now, I don't know what they would do against Washington State. I don't know what they would do against Oregon. I don't I know what they would do yeah. against Washington. Yeah, those I mean, quarterbacks all have State, a day. Those are great quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and Oregon State rebounds. You know, UCLA, yeah. Utah's got to get 
you know, Cam Rising back. They've taken sure, that yeah. as far as it can go. And the quarterback at UCLA is going to be a very, very good player. Um, but, yeah, I look at SC and I'm going, how – I mean, are, what are we going to do? Are we going to play a 72-69 to 69 game Yeah, in so that conference? I, yeah, so you point out some of the deficiencies in scheme, but I hear the same thing said about LSU's defense and USC's defense is, mm-hmm. you know, look, there are guys there they are just missing tackles. Is that coaching? I mean, like if I've got guys in place and they're missing tackles, that I mean, to me, that's part of coaching too, right? I can't just flush that on the players. It is, but tackling is a bit of an epidemic in the sense that the more we focus on player safety, the less tackling yeah. gets practiced. And yeah. that's a problem. It's a reality. And generally the teams with the better athletes can compensate for that, which is why LSU is mind-boggling in that regard because they right. have great athletes. But, you know, and I and I really believe this to be the case too. When, when offensive football started evolving and stretching everything laterally, not just vertically, laterally, and you started seeing the widest receiver on the field line up halfway between the numbers and the sideline. And remember, we have wider hash marks. So when you have a wide side of the field, you have a true wide side of the field. Right. When you start taking all these guys, you put them in space, how in the hell is the defense going to consistently tackle well, even when you have great players, because you're so worried about contact during the week and having good versus good and one-on-one. I mean, you can tackle those rolling donuts across the field as long as you want. Those rolling donuts don't have moves. They don't have jukes. They can't <laughs> stop on a dime, right? I mean – so I, I'm not making excuses for him, but it has – and it, look at the NFL. Same yeah. thing's going on in the NFL. Tackling's bad there too. And, and I just think it's, the offensive game has gotten so good. The athletes in space have challenged people so significantly. And the RPO game gets people out of position. It really does. It gets people out of position. It puts them in a conflict of assignment. And I just think there's a multitude of challenges that have led to poor tackling, especially over the last 10 years in college football. Syracuse at North Carolina is where you'll see Luganville. It's the 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern ESPN game. Ball is presented by our great sponsors, mybookie.ag. Code next round for that sign-on bonus, lanceslock.com. With uh, daily, weekly, monthly, season-long packages to get winners every single day, lanceslock.com and roback.com for our apparel. Roback.com with golf shirts, quarter zips, and those uh, very, very soft hoodie pullovers. You can get those. With code TNR20, 20% off your initial order at Roback.com. All right, Luganville, have a great week. Always fun. We'll see you next time. Sounds good, buddy. Appreciate it.